Good morning, everybody. Today is technically Daf Dalad in Shkalim. I arrived here a little late this morning, and we are on Gimel and Bays. One thing we've been talking a lot about the format. One thing that I'm gonna have to get used to is the words. Do you do you see the letters are a lot smaller? That must mean that there's more of them. And so got to move faster. Okay. Be that as it may, we're in Halacha Gimel, which is on the top of Gimel and Bays in Masechah Shkalim. And we were talking about the Shulchanas, obviously Masechah Shkalim, but the Machzitz HaShekel. Now, there is a, we're going to make like a social commentary because like we said, Masechah Shkalim is bringing, is bringing the uh, time period alive. May we uh, have the base Mikdash rebuilt soon. So the Mishnah says, So they used to have these money changers, right? But literally tables is what Shulchanos means, but that's what it, it means. It's, it's money changers sitting at the tables, and they're sitting right outside in the Medina, like in the province, in public, because of the fact that they are uh, now in Yerushalayim, right, or even perhaps according to some opinions outside of Yerushalayim, they're publicizing and they're encouraging, right, the giving of the money, the giving of the matzah to the shekel. Then, 10 days later, says the Mishnah, Ten days later, already they start. They start moving into the base of That's really where they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be like in the temple environs. It doesn't mean that they're in the base of Mikdash itself. Uh, it either means more in Yerushalayim. If you thought that beforehand that they were more out in, in beyond Yerushalayim, or if you thought it meant Yerushalayim when it said the Medina, so then now it's going to mean more in the higher bias area. Okay, um, and so that means okay. Now it's really getting real. Now it's fast approaching. Now So they did something um, very forward. Now there's no way around this. The collection of the Machzis Shekel. Uh, was viewed by many as a tax, right? This is something that was an annual fund that had to be brought. And they were taking collateral, right? Bezdin, we talked yesterday about Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker, right? Bezdin was taking mashkon. They were taking collateral from people in order to say, you know what, until you bring the mouth to the shekel, we're going to take this for you. So it is a mitzvah, I say, you know, for every, right, as we said yesterday, male of age, um, but it's something that was enforced by the base maker. This did lead to a uh, great amount of, uh, of um, well, this, this led to, to some politics and it led to some issues. It's not mentioned as much, but it's even mentioned in our mission. We'll, we'll see as follows. So, right, obviously, lemashkate somebody to take collateral from somebody, that's a forceful act in a sense, right? You're forcing them now uh, their, their money. Okay. So to that, the mission says, so some people we were allowed ourselves to take the mashkin from, and some people we did not. So who did we take the mashkin from? That regular Israelim for sure, Levim also, were not considered different in this regard, okay? However, not Kohanim, so, as we will see. Um, so, right, so we say Levim is actually a little bit uh, controversial, um, but the, the Mishnah is taking a stance on this, that Levim will be treated like Israel in this regard. We'll see the Kohanim are totally different in this regard, and we'll see. Vigarim, the Avadim So, right, converts are considered like regular full-fledged Jews, as are the freed slaves. Avalo, Nashim, Avadim Uktanim. So, those who are vulnerable, the Nashim, Avadim Uktanim, we're not going to try to take those, right, uh, th- those away. They do not have the mitzvah, obviously, right, of, of Machas Shekel, and therefore, by virtue of them not having a mitzvah, we're not obviously going to enforce it. And, however, interesting halacha here, right? If any person whose father had uh, began to pay on behalf of his son, even though he was not yet of age, at that point, his father cannot stop to do that. Uh, a sneaky dafyomi coincidence. The other halachic uh, area where this appears is, today is the fast of the Bukharos. Today's Thursday. It's, uh, however, because of the fact that uh, we have an Arab Pesach, Shechalios, Beshabbos, we cannot have the Tzom Bechoros and Nesim on 
Shabbos, and therefore we do it on Thursday. So today is the fast of the Bechoros for Klal Yisrael. If, and this is very widespread custom, if a father starts to fast on behalf of his firstborn child, even if he's not a firstborn, this is a very common practice, then it's a question in halacha whether he can decide to stop doing so at any point, if he takes it on. Same exact idea uh, with the Machzot Shekel, that once you start, maybe you cannot, this would be, if it is in fact like the Machzot Shekel, then you would not be able to stop um, fasting on behalf of your firstborn son once you started. So this is an interesting application. Then says Mishnah, this is where it really gets interesting. We can't get the, we cannot, we do not ask the Kohanim, even though they're full-fledged, right, Jews, etc. Why? We play Darche Shalom. The Gemara is going to explain the Darche Shalom. There's a few reasons for this. Uh, but the Kohanim, as you see, were a different class. So it's interesting. The Jews were always, I've been getting into very, into a lot of history, which is why I was up most of the night last night, um, writing, uh, the Haggadah. We write like a family uh, Haggadah, like a family parish that's appropriate for that year, and got a little bit into history this year. And so the Jews, historically, the Chol Dor Vador, uh, they were the merchant class, and so even though they weren't, uh, they weren't aristocracy, they weren't peasants either, and they always kept to themselves, and so they had this reason, you know, people around them had resentment. Um, and that was one of the factors that led to a lot of anti-Semitism. Well, within the Jewish people, the Kohanim were like a different class, and, you know, say what you will about the Kohanim's reason, etc. they were also considered to be hot-tempered, as we have a lot of evidence of that, all over the, right, all over Shas. They had that reputation, and they were treated differently. And so we did not force them to bring the machzitz shekel. Now imagine if you were, let's say, um, an ignorant, sort of slightly off the derech, fisherman's son from the north, and they're taking mashkon from your father, you're taking mashkon from your family, and you see that the Kohanim don't have to pay, and in fact, we know that in the Zman Mikdash, unfortunately, there was uh, also some corruption, so you can see how that could make somebody uh, aggravated, and how the, the, the uh, lesser class uh, the masses would have issues with this, and this did become at some point a uh, point of contention, uh, contention. The turning over of the shulchanos that are mentioned in this particular mishnah, these very shulchanos, and the turning over was in fact a turning point in uh, in, in Jewish history. Um, but it's not for now. As it is, um, as it is, we have a short share and trying to just get through shot. But be that as it may, I thought it was point, uh, worth mentioning because of this idea of the darche shalom. We will see the kohanim made a uh, it was the, the kohanim with regards to the machzitz shekel is a real issue. It's a real topic of our mission as follows. The Mishnah concludes with that issue as follows. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Heid ben Bukhri beYavne. Okay, so ben Bukhri here. Ben Bukhri is one of the zugos, one of the earliest tanaim. Kol kohen shishokel einachote. Okay, that a kohen who pays that shekel is not sinning. What does that mean? Well, the uh, implication there is that he has no chiyuv at all. In other words, he's not chayiv. Uh, he can bring it, uh, but, it, but, it but he's not chayiv to do so. so. To which, that was a machlokes with, with, right, with uh, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Says the Mishnah, Amar lo Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, lo-ki. That is not the case. The exact opposite. So you see here, machlokes. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda says that the Kohanim are not obligated at all in the Machzitz Shekel, and Rabbi Yehuda says no, that a person, a Kohen who does not bring the Machzitz Shekel, actually is sinning. But the Kohanim are teaching each other the following Pasuk, teaching themselves the following Pasuk, which is to say that Rabbi Yehuda ben, ben, Zaka, ben Zaka is saying that the Kohanim, even though they were obligated in the Machzitz Shekel, they made a drusha, they made a self-serving drusha that that made it seem as though they're not chayiv in the Machzitz Shekel. So you see, this is a tax that people may have, other people may have wanted to avoid, but the Kohanim themselves had a drusha for it. What was the drusha? The Gemara will spell it out, but the drusha is from Pasuk. The Pasuk says, it's called Minchaz Kohen Kalil Tiyeh Lo Well, there is a halacha, this is true, 
that all the menachas of Kohanim are burnt generally. That's, that's in Vayikra, right? So when you have a mincha, uh, if you're in Israel, so then you take the comets, right, the first of all, what's called the comets, and you burn that, but the rest is eaten by the Kohanim. So Kohanim eat carbs. They don't just eat, right, Atkins, they're not just eating the basar of the Karbanos, they eat carbs as well. However, when the Kohanim themselves bring their own personal carbs, right, their own personal menachos, they burn the whole thing up. That, that is, Aha. Here is the drusha that the Kohanim make for themselves. They say the following. Right, we don't normally think of the Korban Omer and the Shtei HaLechem, right, and the Lechem Aponim, right, as, as being menachos, right? We think, we don't think, but they are, because, by, because of the fact that they're carbs. Right, those are Kohanim, those, those are, right, the, the, uh, Shei Lechem, Lechem, Panim, that which we do on Shabbos and we do on Shavuos. So we think of those as, uh, unique Korbanos, but really, those are a type of Korban, and they are a carb, which means that they are technically a, a Mincha, and yet they eat it. And so they say, Heich Nechalim, how can it be that they can be eaten? That must mean that we don't have to contribute to it. I'll explain this because this, I broke my head over for a little while. As follows, like, I was trying to think, what was this Kavachomer? Now, it's understandable that this Kavachomer would be difficult to understand because it wasn't a correct Kavachomer. It was a self-serving Kavachomer. But the Kavachomer basically goes like this. The Kohanim are saying, we're so flum, we're so from that anything that we have to contribute to, we only contribute to Gavoha. Meaning, we only contribute to Kermanachos that go straight burn. Because the Pasuk, in fact, says the Manachos of Kohanim have to be, right, have to be burnt entirely. Oh. And so, therefore, what? The Machtis shekel we know, goes to all Kermanos, all the public Kermanos. And among the carbon, public carbonos are, let's say, right, the the the, the Okay, so that's a public carbon, and yet we see that we eat that public carbon. Ah, oh, the fact that we eat it, that must mean that it's not funded by us, because we don't eat anything that's funded. We don't eat menachos that are funded by us. We only eat menachos that are funded by the hamonam, by the general population. So they made this backwards kavchomer, or not a kavchomer, but rather a backwards limud, I should say, right, a, ba- a backwards limud. A drusha, as the Mishnah calls it, a backwards drusha that anything that we have, that we are allowed to eat, it must be that we don't have to contribute to it. It's a very sort of like, uh, elitist, self-serving kind of drusha. It was not intended to be that way. Ryokhan Mizaka says it's an erroneous drusha, but again, it's, it's an elitism where, in a sense, and, and, and again, this is not like our imagination. This was, in fact, Ryokhan Mizaka's criticism of the Kohanim that would make this self-serving, self-serving elitist drusha that because they're allowed to eat it, it must mean that they don't contribute to it because they only contribute to the loftiest uh, uh, that don't get eaten. And so the fact that it's eaten is an indication that they don't need, and wow, how convenient is it that the drushas, right, final conclusion, it means that they don't have to be taxed uh, on the Maktis Shekel. So it says, Yochanan Mizakai, I'm calling you out, Kohanim. This was an erroneous drusha. Wow. So we see this, this Maktis Shekel, uh, did not, did not go, and so it makes it more real, right? It did not go without politics and controversy. Okay. So now we're at the Gemara, and the Gemara says as follows. Right? So the Mishnah said, we, we don't take, so now we're going to just flush out a lot of the Mishnah, so we're going to get that to Allah here pretty quickly, because it's like this. We don't take bread and mashkon from them, collateral, but we do ask, we, we, so we do uh, demand that they pay. Well, that is shocking, right? So why are we taking Machtas Shekel? As we learned yesterday, the Pasuk explicitly says that, we, that, that it's for people, only people that are of age. So the Gemara says, no. No, here you're talking about a katan that had two saros, two Pubic hairs, which would be an indication of godless. But if he not yet bring Shesaros, then he's not included in the halacha. Okay? And then, certainly, if we're not going to ask for the, for the Hafshekel, we're not going to ask for the Mashkon either. And, and then the, right, a lot of Gersa issues here, and the brackets add on that, that basically the halacha is, Simon Wolf says it's impossible to decipher what this really means, right? Because for, 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 just, just to line it up, Shesaros makes no sense if you're, if you're 10 years old. 
it's not halachically significant. So it has to be that he's a gadol anyway. Well, if he's a gadol, why do you need shtei saros? You see, this is this is very. Uh, so, so there there are a couple of tracks of how to understand this. The most um, straightforward, I guess, even though it's still hard to understand why this would, this would be the uh, development of the Gemara, and we'll see there's a little more of, on this issue here now, but just saying it outside already, the most straightforward thing Simon Wolf says basically is that first you have to become 13, once you, have to, once you, have, once you become 13, then uh, they wait till you become 20, as the Gemara says, to uh, ask for a mashkon, um, but, but it's just a a thing, uh, a, sli- a side point over here, that you need to become 13 and have Shtei Saros in order to uh, be Tovea altogether, because that, in fact, is the halacha with uh, rogue things that have to do with Bar Mitzvah, right, that you don't really become a Mechuyev until you have Shtei Saros. Um, one might have had the Havimina that maybe for the Machas of Shekel, it's different, maybe, but uh, but maybe what the Mishnah is saying is that, or the Gemara here is saying, is that it is not different, in fact, with regards to the Machas of Shekel. This is a, as Simon Wolf said, this is not an easily understood passage. What, how you apply Shtei Saros and Katnas and Godless in this case, in terms of Havimina and Maskana, is hard to understand. However, to understand that in order to have Godless, you need both to achieve the age and also to get Shtei Saros is something that is some, that is familiar to us. Okay, and so says that's what how the Gemara concludes. Oh, um, yeah. So that that's that issue. So now, right, the the Derech Kavod. So you say that we, we didn't want to have the Mashkon. We didn't want to take it from Kohanim for Derech Kavod. So Rabbi Yehuda says the Mishnah says Amar Rabbi Yehuda. Hey, there's a Machlokas Rabbi Yehuda, right? And Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. So Amar Brachia. Time of the Rabbi Yochanan Zakai Ze Yitznu. Right. The reasoning of Rabbi Yochanan Zakai is because it says Ze. Zeh, if you add it up, is 12, right? 7 of Zayin plus 5 of He is 12. Shnei Masa Shavate Mitznu. Wow, a gematria. Rabbi Rechia is saying that Rabbi Yochanan is based on a gematria that all Shnei Masa Shavate have to give the Machas a Shekel. Okay. Now, Rabbi Tevi B'Shemar Hamnuna, they challenged Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. So Rabbi Yochanan Zakai held from Zayit knew that everybody said it's very interesting. In other words, um, that includes uh, Shevet Levi, which, which includes the Kohanim. Why would you think otherwise? In other words, you bring your source for, for Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, but the, the Pasuk never said anything about Kohanim not bringing it, right? That's the, that's the source. The Pasuk says everybody who is above, uh, right, anybody who's, who's of age should bring it. So, okay, so that's one issue. Why would anybody say that the Kohanim don't? So let's see. Rabbi Tevi B'Shem Rabbi Yehuda. This would be how the Chachamim answer Rabbi Yehuda. How can you say, right, that a Kohanim voluntarily, right, gives the half a shekel, is not, it's not, it's not a chet. Why? We know that you're not, that, that, there's a special halacha. We talked about this already in in Masechus Pesachim towards the end when we talked about the switching out for the korban Pesach and how when you have a korban chatas, it's one of the five cases, right? Where if it's it's not that if it doesn't work out, right? That for some reason there's a blemish, right? And you have a private korban chatas that gets a blemish, then you can't even uh, lay out the pasture. You have to kind of starve it to death and it has to be left to die. So you say that's chatas yochid, but ain't chatas tibur meitan. But we can't do that. We don't do that with a chatas tibur. Uh-huh. So just, just as we have a difference between a chatas tzibor and a chatas yachid, right, so too that we should make the following distinction between the minchas tzibor and minchas yachid. That minchas hayachid kreva kalil, right, that when you have a minchas hayachid for a korban, it has to be totally burnt. Ve'ein minchas hatzibor kreva kalil, but when you have a communal mincha, uh, the aforementioned korban omer, or the shtei alechem, or alechem, uh, uh, right, so that it's not offered entirely, right? And therefore you're, uh, it's eaten. So since that's the halacha, right? So then the question is, how can you let the Kohanim give the half shekel at all, right? In other words, the Omer and the Shteyalechem is purchased with their shkalim. That if that were the case, then you would not be able to consume them. So in other words, what this shita is saying, and again, this, this could be, this is somewhat esoteric, they are reviving the drusha of the Kohanim. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, 
felt that the drush of the Kohanim was erroneous and self-serving, they are in fact reviving the drush of the Kohanim and saying that it is no, it is actually very valid. And as follows, as we said, we belittled the fact that the, that the Kohanim thought that only, that their money would only go towards a private mincha and that their money can't be used for the public minchas, minachos. No, but that's not, but Reb Tebi, we said in the name of Amnuna that we should not belittle that. We shouldn't. Because really, just like there's a difference between a public and a private chatas, there is in fact going to be a difference between a public and a private mincha of a Kohen. And once you say that those things are different, then one might even be able to say that all of those funds are supposed to actually not come from the Kohanim. That in fact the Kohanim can make an inference from the fact that they in fact eat, right, the Korban Omer and, and the Lechem upon them. And once you say that, so perhaps the, the drush of the Kohanim is in fact valid. Wow. So that's what they said. However, Vakasha. Uh, but this, but we have a, a, a challenge on this on this, because how can this be a defense, right, um, for Rabbi Yehuda? Because Rabbi Yehuda himself doesn't hold like this. Why? It's not, because we learned in the Mishnah and Yomo, which we'll learn next. Shein chatas tibur mesa, a chatas tibur is not left to die. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Tamus, right? That was in itself a machlokis, as we see in Yuma, where Rabbi Yehuda holds that you do leave the chatas tibur to die, right? We said the whole premise of reviving the drusha of the Kohanim was that we said that the chatas tibur is, right, not left to die, but the chatas yochid is left to die. Rabbi Yehuda says no, even the chatas tibur is. So that, so now, the whole thing, Rabbi Yehuda himself does not disagree, and so that dismantles his entire drusha. Anyways, at least within the position of Rabbi Yehuda, so you can't use that drusha, right, to challenge Rabbi Yehuda, because he doesn't hold to that anyway. The whom Oisib line, Rabbi Yehuda would answer, Zu lo nidvaz yachidhi. Right, so the answer, how would he revive it without reviving the drusha? He would have to revive it as follows. You'd say that the chasi, right, the matzah the shekel of a coin is not in fact considered a nidvaz yachid. The inun must even lay. So to that, the chachamim replied back to him, and since the half shekel is in fact given, to the tzibor, right? So then, right, it is, right, then it is as if, right, it was purchased with, uh, with, uh, with public money, and that is, in fact, it's as if any korban that was purchased with that money is a korban tzibor, such that even if the korban itself was on behalf, right, on the, uh, was on, on behalf of the individual, it's as if it was purchased for, it's as if it's a korban tzibor because of the fact it was purchased with korban tzibor money. Wow. That why, that's why the Hafshkalim are actually all belonging to the Tzibor, and that's why, in fact, the Kohanim are also obligated to, to bring it. Okay. So now we're going to bring some Psukim that we're going to show that the Machlokas ben Bukhari and Rebukhanim ben Zakai has, in fact, scriptural, right, has uh, sources of Psukim. Call over Allah Pukudim. Anyone who passes, so this could be the Machlokas, uh, uh, the of Machlokas. So call over Allah Pukudim. Anyone who passes through the census. Okay, well, that's in Shemos. It says, call over Allah Pukudim ben Asim Shanav Amali, Tentrum Asashem. Anyone who's in the census has to give a truma. That includes the Kohanim. So, however, there's two ways to learn. One, right, there are multiple senses. One was everyone who, again, that's the only coincidence. Anyone who passed through Kriyas Yamsuf should give. Well, that's Kohanim, Levim, everybody. That would mean that there's a biblical, right, uh, obligation to give the Machsas Shekel, including Kohanim. However, Vecharna Amar and the others say, Acherim, Vecharna says, called the Avar Al Pikudaya Iten. Aha. Not, not anyone who just is considered part of Kal Israel and passed through Yamsuf, but rather anyone who passed through what? The census. And the census that was taken subsequently, right, actually excluded the Kohanim. Aha. So he said like this, Mandam called over right? And so we already figured this out. Anyone who said anybody passed over a Kriyas Yamsuf, that's like a Yacham Zakai. He says the Kohanim are obligated to give Machsas Shekel. And Manda Amar called the Avar Al Pikudaya Yitain, and those who say anybody passes through the census should give, then Messiah Ben Bukhri. He supports Ben Bukhri, which is quoted by Rabbi Yehuda, who holds, right, Rabbi Yehuda Ben Bukhri, who holds that the Kohanim are in fact not obligated. So we see there's a very serious machokis about the Chiv of the Kohanim to whether they are Chayiv in the Machsas Shekel or not. 
with support in either way. There was politics involved here, and it got contentious. Okay, so that's the Kohanim. Now we have Mishnah Dalid on the bottom of Gimel Beis. The Mishnah says, Even though said, Right, even though we say we don't take Lashkon from Nashim Vadim Khtanim, Avalim Shaklu, if any of these uh, individuals gave, Mekhabin Miyadan, says the halacha. Okay, we do accept it. So that's true, we can accept it. However, our mission is now going to count cases where, exceptions where we cannot accept the Matzah Shekel. Why? So let's see. Says the Mishnah. Hanachri, Vakusi, Sushaklu. Okay, so let's start with Nachri, first of all. What would be the problem if somebody was over to Vodazara? Right, gave to the Matzah Shekel? So the article actually explains it beautifully. The bottom line is, right, there's a prohibition. The Pasuk says, You can't, you cannot accept, right, from, from, uh, from the non-Jews. Well, this is a big issue, obviously. Um, this issue has some shades of Allah in terms of what causes we are, in fact, allowed to accept non-Jewish contributions. There's some causes that you cannot. So this was, too, an issue in the base of Mikdash, right? You'll have people who are supportive for one reason or another of Nefesh Benefesh, or which started with a lot of, um, of, my, of, of that kind of money who were supporting the, right, the state of Israel, okay? So you could have that cause. Or, but in this case, you had Karbana. So with regards to Karbanas themselves, which Nefesh Benefesh is not, so with regards to Karbanas itself, there's an explicit possibility you're not supposed to accept the money. If that money is, in fact, going to be in the pool of the money used to buy the carbonos, then it could be a problem for everything. That messes everything up, and therefore we cannot accept it. Right? This is obviously not a problem if you accept it from Nashim and Kitanim, but to accept it from Nachri, that's already a big issue. Now, what's, what's a chiddush here is the kusi. Right? The kusiim are the gay rarias, the famous gay rarias of dubious right, uh, conversion, where it seemed that they converted because it, knows it was a rare sort of like uh, flash in history where it was advantageous uh, to be Jewish, and they were scared. Because uh, lions were eating everybody that wasn't, so they converted. Their conversion was dubious, and it's all over Shas. We've experienced this already. We had this with Erev, whether you can count on a Kusi for Erev and other halachos in Erev and in Shabbos. So this is one of the sources for the fact that the Kusim were treated like complete Nachrim, because obviously the only thing that would make us not accept your money is if it's messing up our Karbanas. Otherwise, everybody's money is green, you know what I mean? So we would certainly accept it if they were considered uh, uh, actual legitimate Gerim. So here we're treating the Kusim like a Nachri. And so, we do not accept their money. Right? We don't accept from them also money for those carbonos of kine zav, right? The the um, bird carbonos that is zav and a zava and the yolatis bring, right? Right. So, in other words, this is this is should be obvious, and the Gemara is going to explain why 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 we even have a limud. But Zeh Klaus says the mission. Anybody, anything that's vowed or donated to the mizbeach, we can accept it, right? Which is to say. Uh, anything that is like an adava, right? That's just basically a contribution. That's just a, uh, a contribution that's not specific. Then we could take that actually from the non-Jews. But but anything that's not really an adava, which is another way of saying that anything that's mandatory. In other words, if you really have a chi of korban, that's what that means. That if you have a real chi of korban, we can't accept it because it's going to mess up the korban seaboard. But if you, because that, that's what's included in the pasuk when it says that it should come right from, right, that it should come from uh, the, the, the Jewish um, contributions. Okay, and it says, Ezra, Ezra uh, explicitly laid this down. Right? It says it's that only we will build the base of Shem. This was Ezra exhorting his people to co, right? Obviously, Ezra, some say he was Mordechai. It was the rebuilding of the second base of Mikdash, and he was trying to get people to come. And he says, This is going to have to come from us. As the mission continues, and Dalar Mdalf, it says, which is today's Okay, we get to the idea of the Kalbon. The Kalbon is the surcharge. The Gemara is going to discuss, is this surcharge a machlokas? Is it der Raisa? Is it der Banan? What is the, is it like a chi of a or a gabra? We're going to get into this surcharge and what it means. But be that as it may, the surcharge was basically, in addition to the machs, the shekel, you also paid an extra twelfth of a shekel. It's called a kolban. Like when you actually go to the money changer, you pay a little, right, fee. So that is 
uh, who is responsible for that extra amount? So that's Levim, Bisraelim, Begeim, Vavadim, Shukharim. This is the same list as we had before. Those who are high in the Machsas of Shekel. But again, even uh, just like we said with Machsas of Shekel in the previous halacha, so too we say in the Kohanim here. Avalo Kohanim, Benashim, Vavadim, Ketanim. Right? The same list. The Nashim, Vavadim, Ketanim, we understand. They don't have a Chiyav for the Machsas of Shekel. But the Kohanim, there again, just like they were exempt, according to some Shitas, in with the Machsas of Shekel itself, they certainly, it seems like according to all Shitas, that they were uh, exempt from the Kalbam. We did give them that extra uh, courtesy. And the Mishnah says, Hashoka al-Yad Kohen. If a person is contributing to the on behalf of a coin, or al-Yad Ha'isho, al-Yad Ha'evet, so here we're really emphasizing this idea that they do not have the Chiyah of the Kalban, al-Yad Katan is Pater. So if you're doing it on their behalf, not only if they're doing it, but if you're doing it on their behalf, you're going to be Pater. And it says in the Mishnah, But if you contribute to Shekel on his own behalf, certainly or on behalf of someone else, and even though you're not doing it for yourself, uh, then you're still going to be chayev, bekalbon echad. You pay one kalbon. That was the machlokas. That if you pay, right, so let's say, the mitzvah is machzis a shekel. So let's say you say, you know what? I feel bad. I overslept. I'm going to contribute on behalf of Andrew because he's got to go. Oh, you know what? I don't feel bad as bad. Also, I left Andrew behind to do a lot of homework on Dafdalad and Barry. Um, or, you know what? Let's do one of the old uh, things we did by Masech Shabbos. Barry and Andrew have rekindled their relationship. Barry's going to contribute on behalf of both of them. So he's going to give him one shekel, right? Because it's two machzis a shekel. It's a machlokas. Do you pay the surcharge once per contribution? And therefore you bring one coal bone for that checkout or Rabbi Mayer holds that no, that you have your coal bone surcharge and Andrew's coal bone surcharge. So you're going to end up paying a sixth on top of the shekel. So a master shekel plus a master shekel, one shekel plus two coal bones. Okay, or another ruling, if a person, a no sense seller, Barry is going to contribute a seller for himself, which is two shekel, the no tell shekel, and of course, everybody has to bring a master shekel, right? This is not something where you can extra donate, right? You, if you're giving a seller, which is two shekel, you're getting a shekel back. The shekel of the Mishnah is the equivalent of a machzah shekel, and the seller is two such shekelim. So you bring a seller, which is really two shekelim. Um, in other words, you bring a seller, which is really one shekel, right? And so you get back a shekel, which is going to be the equivalent of getting a total of machzah shekel, but still chayev shekel banos. So that's an amazing halacha that you gave two machzah shekels, and therefore, even though you're getting back change, you still chayev and two uh, surcharges for the exchange fee. Uh, and finally, at shekel al yad ani yad ben iro pater v'im hilvan chayev. But if you lend it to them, then you're obligated to pay the koban. And finally, the Mishnah finishes off with the inverse relationship between the Meiser and the Kolbon, which is something that will be discussed at the bottom of Daladam Bays. Uh, and we will resume Bezrat Hashem with Daf Hay tomorrow. We'll talk about the homework. I apologize that I left for everyone, but at least we made it essentially to, uh, to the, to Daf Daladam and Aleph and we're able to learn that Mishnah together. Bezrat Hashem. Today, we'll have the Siyam by Andrew.